0: and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Welcome to Considering Catholicism. We are continuing our little mini-series on Catholic marriage. So the last couple of episodes, Corey and I have had conversations about what is different about The Catholic understanding of marriage versus marriage outside the Catholic church, and then some of the myths and misunderstandings that people have about Catholic marriage. But in both of those, we talked about the fact that the Catholic church doesn't recognize divorce. It's not just that it doesn't allow it. It isn't a thing because the sacrament of matrimony is indissoluble. It can't be dissolved. There isn't such a thing as divorce. So go back and listen to that episode. But what we did say is that sometimes the Catholic Church declares a marriage null and void. It isn't that it breaks it up. There never was a valid marriage to begin with. The sacrament of matrimony never really occurred. And as we mentioned, that's called an annulment. Now, we are fortunate today that we have somebody on who's going to talk to us about annulments. And I and excited to welcome back Carla Nizalek. Say hi, Carla.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Carla was a guest on the podcast two years ago. She told her story. She and I work together on a day to day basis. We co founded the Lakeshore Academy for the New Evangelization, or Lane. We've talked about that on the podcast, and some of you have even joined us for some of those classes. But one of uh-huh. the things that she does is that she handles annulment cases for our parish and has been doing that for a number of years. And so she's in the trenches on how this annulment thing works. So Carla is going to talk to us about that a little bit today, answer some of our questions. Again, Carla, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to be back.
0: So you handle annulment cases for the parish. Correct. And we're going to have a two-part conversation here. And in the second part, which will be the next episode, you're going to talk to us about how the process works because there's a fancy word that I can't even say a proc...
1: Procurator advocate. A
0: procurator advocate, which in my sort of imprecise generalities mm-hmm. way, I think of it kind of like a paralegal. It's sure. somebody who is going to help you with the process. It's not a can- something less than a canon lawyer, but somebody who in the trenches helps you with the process. I we'll talk about the process next, but what I want to start with is... Just what are the grounds under which a marriage can be declared in the Catholic Church to, well, to have never actually happened? Which, by the way, is weird to non-Catholics because you go, well, wait a minute, we were clearly married. We had a house. We had three kids. We you know, went on ski vacations. There's Christmas pictures. What do you mean
1: it never happened? That's really hard for a lot of people to comprehend when they think about all those memories and the wedding happened. It happened somewhere, whether it was in a Protestant church or the justice of the peace, it happened. And so looking at that, Was it a sacrament? And that's really where the church starts.
0: This is what Corey and I were talking about two episodes ago. This whole notion that there is the institution of marriage as it's commonly understood in the secular world, in the Protestant world, and other religions, and the Catholic sacrament of matrimony, which is a very specific thing. When I was not a Catholic, and a lot of the non-Catholics that I've known or know still think that this is kind of a hypocritical thing on the part of the Catholic church. Oh, well, Catholics don't have divorce, but they'll just declare that a marriage never happened. And a lot of people, it appears to them from the outside super hypocritical because they'll say wait a minute these people were married again like for 30 something years they have four kids they had christmas pictures they had all of this stuff they had mortgages they whatever and now you're saying that oh that never really happened but it's a more specific thing than that they may have had a civil marriage correct but what they didn't have was the catholic sacrament of matrimony and that's what an annulment determines whether the actual sacrament of matrimony ever really occurred.
1: Correct. And there is that feeling that, well, maybe someone has a spouse who cheated on them 20 years in. And so now they're like, oh, well, obviously that person was wrong and I have grounds. Well, we don't really look at what happened 20 years later. We look at the time someone was engaged up to the time of the wedding.
0: Yeah, because you could get married and then the next day on the honeymoon, one of the spouses could cheat. And that doesn't necessarily invalidate the marriage. They committed a sin. They cheated. But that doesn't mean that at the time of the marriage, that the sacrament of matrimony wasn't completed. I could get baptized. And the day after I get baptized, I can go out and commit a, a, a mortal sin. Or sure. I can go to confession and I walk out of the confessional all absolved. I get in my car and I'm driving and this guy cuts me off and I you know, have <laughs> road rage. And now I got to make a U-turn and go back to the confessional. So right. it doesn't mean that there wasn't a valid confession. The issue that you're dealing with is, as you say, during the engagement and up to the ceremony, were there grounds to determine that? a valid sacrament of matrimony never occurred.
1: Correct. So somebody who is probably going to cheat on their spouse the next day, there's something there that was not not well formed. Well, maybe, for or, may, or,
0: maybe or maybe not, but that's what you're trying to determine. Correct. But I think the important point here is that... At the time that the sacrament occurred, at the time of the wedding, was it a valid sacrament of matrimony?
1: Correct. That's and, what and, we're looking at. And
0: it isn't, there's a probationary period no. where you go, hey, there's a 30 a day probationary period where we're sort of trying this out to determine because. It very won't be that the guy who cheats on his honeymoon never intended, to, but but maybe he's just I don't know, you know, maybe <laughs> whatever, right? But that's what you're that's right. what this is all about. Okay, so let's do this. Let's talk about the grounds. And you and I were talking before mm-hmm. this, and I did some reading up because this isn't my area of expertise, but I was doing some reading about this the last day or two. And you and I were talking and, and it immediately struck me that this is a lot like civil law or NCAA <laughs> regulations <laughs> about recruiting players. Right. Like it's extraordinarily complex. And so you can say, hey, yeah, but you can go to, you know, article four, paragraph six, item three of the regulations. So so I don't want to descend that deep into the weeds or get that granular. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about like the big categories, like the big reasons that there would be grounds to determine a valid sacrament never occurred.
1: Okay. So if someone is a Catholic person, they've been baptized in the Catholic church, a ground for them might be that they were married outside of the Catholic church. And we call that lack of form. So that's one whole area.
0: Okay. So let's, let's stay like on that lack of form thing. Yes, because I think this is if we were to think of these in like Roman numerals,
1: sure.
0: One of them would be R- Roman numeral one: lack of form. So all of the sacraments, there's a form in which it has to occur. And for example, Correct. in baptism, you would say you have to be baptized with water, and you have to pronounce the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Or for the Eucharist, there is a valid form for the priest to consecrate the bread and the wine, and yes. you would say with confession that there is a valid form. The person has to say an act of contrition, and right. so on and so forth. Absolutely. So in that same way, under this big Roman numeral of lack of mm-hmm. form, there can be various ways in which the form of the sacrament of matrimony didn't uh, occur properly.
1: Correct. And so for someone who is a Catholic person, lack of form means that they should have known that they should have had their, a sacramental marriage inside the church. And so if it's out, if it, the marriage, the wedding takes place outside of the church, That's immediately lack of form.
0: So two Catholic people decide that they're going to go to Las Vegas or they're going to go to Cancun or they're going to go up to the mountains and they're going to have a -a rent-a-minister perform their wedding,
1: right? So yes, there are ways for Catholic people to have a dispensation if they're getting married, say, in a Protestant church, Um, but that goes through the bishop. They have to have that ahead of time. And then if they did not have that, then they have lack of form. And then later, if they wanted to come back and validate and make that marriage a sacrament, they would need to go through almost like a whole pre-cana type process and have a convalidation.
0: When I first got at a seminary in the denomination, which was an established denomination that I was in, mm-hmm. we had a... We call it an order, an order of weddings. So it would be like, you know, not a liturgy, but it was like, you say this, you say this, you say this, they do this. And so it was like in the back of our little book of forms. Mm-hmm. So I would go through that. But then as I moved out of that sort of established denomination into the non-denominational church, every pastor would have his own way of doing weddings. You know, some of them say this, some of them say that, some of them do it this way, some of them do it that way. The whole ceremony was kind of like, you know, made up. And I mean, I did some weirdo weddings. Where the one of the weirdest ones I did was the kayak wedding, where I had these two people that were super into kayaking, and they wanted to paddle their kayaks from opposite sides of the lake and meet in the middle of the lake. And then I was there, and then we all did the wedding in the kayaks. And I mean, I look back at this really stupid, (laughs) but I remember a lot of my buddies started making bank. Really, I know guys that were making a thousand bucks a weekend to go up to. You know, the mountains in Colorado or out to the beach and do, you know, fancy schmancy, you know, concierge weddings for people. Right. Sure. Yeah. So this, hap- this kind of thing happens a lot. So you're yeah. saying two Catholic people. Mm-hmm. Now they could maybe go to an established Lutheran church or Presbyterian church and maybe some way like this. But the bottom line here, what we're trying to get at is right. that the form of the sacrament wasn't followed. Correct. Now, are there some other examples of ways that the form of sacrament might not have been followed other than they just went outside the church?
1: That's usually the main one. To be honest, lack of form for a Catholic person is just anything outside the church. It could be an outdoor wedding at a beach. It could be justice of the peace. It could be even in a Protestant church without a dispensation. That's, okay, so th- that's, that's interesting. lack of form.
0: Now, that's interesting there because I know we deal with, uh, you deal with this a lot. I know that yes. Father at our parish deals with this a lot, which is people summon and say, I want to get married to the beach or I want to get married at, you know, whatever, at a resort or whatever. I, I want to do the wedding. You know, I want to get married to the country club. And, and so they many want people fa- have that in their head. And they want father, yeah. they want the priest mm-hmm. to come and they'll say, hey, father, we'll pay your way or whatever. Come down to Cancun or come out to the beach or come to- But a Catholic wedding, because it's a sacrament, you have to get married in a physical church yes not even
1: like in our prayer garden or anything like that it has to be in the church building in front of the altar in front of the altar
0: and so even if you had a goofball catholic priest of which maybe now every now and then they read on the internet about something Mm -hmm. so some guy says well i'm gonna go do the beach wedding for these people yeah even if he's a goofy renegade catholic priest that he didn't validly consecrate the sacrament and actually,
1: indeed, the, the engaged couple are the ones who confer the sacrament onto each other. Right. And the priest is the witness of that. But there is the actual liturgy that needs to take place inside the church as well.
0: Yeah. Now, they could also come to the priest and say, all right, we'll do it in the church if we have to. But Mm -hmm. then we have goofball ideas for the liturgy. Back in my evangelical days, I could tell stories of goofy things that people wanted to do in their weddings. Mm -hmm. Right. And the problem is all that's out there in the culture. And people go, oh, my wedding, I want to do this, you know, goofy thing in the ceremony. But right, can't. we can't,
1: that we have to follow the order of the mass or the order of the ceremony. It doesn't have to be a full mass, but it it does have a specific liturgical plan that will need to be followed.
0: So the first of the big Roman numerals for grounds for an annulment is that the form of the sacrament was invalid. Right. And, and that could be because yeah. it was outside the church, because the liturgy wasn't followed, it could be this, that, whatever. Right. right?
1: Yeah, okay. that could definitely be part of it. And then, you know, looking at maybe a Protestant person right. that might be interested in coming into the Catholic church. Obviously, we're not looking for lack of form anymore. We're looking, you know, where did the wedding take place? How, how did it take place? Oh, yeah. How old were you at that okay, time? Okay,
0: this is introducing a super important point, okay? When I entered the church through RCA, mm-hmm. I remember sitting with the pastor and him interviewing me and my wife and saying, Well, tell me about your wedding.
1: Right. Yeah. As
0: a Protestant or a secular person, you may have had a wedding outside the Catholic Church. Now mm-hmm. you want to come into the church right. and you go, Wait a minute. I didn't do the sacrament of matrimony, but the church has the power to have recognized that in some diminished capacity, because you didn't know, you weren't Catholic or whatever, that, that in a sense, Christ elevated your marriage even mm-hmm. though in my case, it was in, a, it was in a Protestant church, that God looked on that and treated it in a sense as the sacrament of matrimony right. because our intention was such and, and in some kind of limited capacity because we didn't know and, and right. whatever. So in our case, the priest asked us about our wedding. We told him how it was conducted, where it was conducted. And he said, I determined that the sacrament of, sacrament of matrimony, you know, in a sense occurred
1: right. in a sort of so diminished capacity came into way. So when the church then, it would have been automatically oh. into sac- a sacrament because yeah. it was a first marriage and, you know, and it, was the, in a, it was in a Protestant church and the intention a, was to be married.
0: By a legitimate minister. It occurred under certain biblical norms. We intended it to be sacramental to the extent that we understood that in our theological context, right? Right. And so in that way, he said, okay, we recognize your marriage, but there are going to be those people who are listening. They're going to say, well, we did get married on the kayaks or at Cancun, or we went to, we went to Vegas and an Elvis impersonator married us. And now I want to become Catholic. Is my marriage valid?
1: You know, it could be. The church takes every person's vows very seriously. Just like someone could be baptized outside the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, as long as you, like we said, the water's there, and we say the right words, and we have the intent to make a valid baptism, it could be in a in a pool. It right. could be, and you know, it, almost anywhere as long as you used water. And so, likewise, a marriage can actually be a sacrament with two Protestant or people who just didn't have faith as long as they were baptized outside of the church. We take that so seriously? Yeah,
0: but it strikes me, there's two ways that this thing could go. You have a couple like my wife and I who mm-hmm. said we were married outside the Catholic church and the church recognizes our marriage is valid. But I could also say, well, hey, I'm, I want to get my marriage annulled. And so we got married in Vegas by the Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Is that grounds for an annulment?
1: That in itself is not.
0: Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. It could be, right. right? It, so when you're a non-Catholic, then you would look at, well, when you stood in front of the Elvis impersonator,
1: are you intoxicated? Or okay. We'll get to you, that you know, in a things second. Things like that. We'll get
0: to that in a second, yeah. but, but right. But when you had the Renan minister up in Aspen, do your thing on the ski slope or at the at the country club or whatever it was d- d- what was said what were the intentions what of the was people, the intention? Invo- that, people that involved that was very
1: important yeah, yeah what was the intention
0: okay mm-hmm. and then what were the vows so if you did goofy vows that right, could actually
1: because, be something that you, you didn't vow to you know be in a, a true marriage yeah because now you wonky. have
0: i mean i've heard this craziest you know, things where like these vows are just like, hey, I'll be the ham to your sandwich. I'll be the whatever. <laughs> and it's some, you know, kind of goofball thing. And you go, wait a minute, you never actually said the words. You never vowed the intentions of that, that would, would constitute, right. even in a diminished way, the sacrament. Okay, so that's lack of form. Another one you kind of hinted at there was lack of capacity, Which is, you know, somebody was not able to fully form those intentions because they were drunk, Mm -hmm. because they were brainwashed. I don't know what right they could.
1: They could have a mental health disorder. They could have come from a really broken home. They don't even really understand what marriage is. Maybe they were underage. Men have to be 16, women 14 for it to be valid. Maybe they really were, young. It,
0: yeah, but... maybe they were an immigrant who didn't really speak the language so, and didn't understand what was being said.
1: They didn't even know what was going on. There can be a number of varying ways where they did not have the capacity to, to enter into a sacrifice.
0: So in that case, you would look at it and say, you didn't really have the capacity mentally, psychologically, whatever, emotionally, whatever, to actually form a, a legitimate right.
1: bond. bond. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we would actually call that at times lack of due discretion mm. as well, where they just can't enter that marriage fully and freely. And so that really can be true for a number of people. They did not have the background to know what they are entering into or really didn't even have that intention because they didn't understand it.
0: And that brings up another one, as I understand it. And again, you're the expert. But as I understand it, another one is, is something called lack of consent or defect in consent. So right. the example that Corey and I used in the other day was like a shotgun wedding. Right. So you, you're sitting there and you go, okay, somebody's pointing a shotgun at your head and saying, yeah, you, you say I do. And you go, yeah, I guess I do.
1: That but, ground usually is known as force and fear.
0: But there can be other ways oh, that absolutely. they weren't able to, to actually consent. Mm-hmm. An abuse victim, you could think of this, you could think of, but here's another one. What if there was a con man? So <laughs> you're like this lady and you meet this nice guy and he's a real smooth talker and he seems really great and everything else. And he says his name is Art Vandalay, and he's an architect, <laughs> like yeah. in right? And you're like, oh, this is really wonderful, right? So you marry the guy. And then afterwards, you find out that he's not really Art Vandelay, the architect. He's whatever. He's a con man and right. he's, he's got three other wives. And Trouble. You know, trouble. Right? But now, in a sense, real consent wasn't formed because the parties, right. you couldn't really... Yeah, that's con- true. You couldn't really consent to something because it was under deception. Or- right.
1: Actually, there's a ground called deceit and fear okay, or deceit and fraud. And it is, it's, you know, someone can pretend to be something that they're not or for the intention of trying to get you to marry them. And then you find out a couple of weeks later, they're not the doctor they said that they were, or right. they didn't have, you know, whatever you thought that they had. Or
0: they that's, were marrying you to steal your money. Right, or... or maybe
1: they weren't even free to marry. Maybe they- Okay, know, that's, a married whole, that's
0: a whole nother one, some, right? To
1: someone else.
0: So somebody might not be free to marry because unbeknownst to you, well, we'll get to that in a second because I think the, the, right. those are- are called impediments. Right. But what is it where one party stands there and they've got their fingers crossed behind <laughs> their back because yeah, it's like, they don't it. I'm, going to, I, I'm going to say that I'm marrying you, but secretly I'm probably going to cheat and I'm just kind of going through this. So one of the parties said the words, but they didn't mean them in essence. Right. But What is that?
1: Well, it might be that they're putting a condition on it you know, that they're they're thinking, well, I'll just sort of see how this works out. And if it's good, I'll stick around it. If not, they won't. It could be error of the quality of person. You know, that person didn't really have that intention, no good intentions.
0: So there could be the guy who goes, man, I'm a, I'm sort of a serial cheater guy, right? And it I'm standing happen. here and I'm, I'm doing this, but you know, I'm, I don't know whether I'm really going to be faithful or not. Or at the time that he goes through the wedding, he's got a side piece, right? He's got a, he's having an affair with somebody else while he's marrying.
1: And he's not even being truthful right from the beginning. And that, that actually then goes back to that error of the quality of the person that you're marrying. It's, you know, those can be really scary situations, but they're very real in our culture. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. They're real. I mean, I know they happen every day. Okay. So then you start to mention like impediments. These would be so it's funny because I was talking to father once and he was going into a meeting with a couple that wanted to schedule a wedding and at the parish. And so the the first thing that'll happen is he'll sit down with them and just talk to them. And he's and he goes, It's always he freaks them out. Because he goes, I always ask them if either of you have ever taken religious vows. Right. And he said, most people sit in their office. What is he even talking like, about? I don't know what that means. What is it? Mm. Like, and they're like looking at each other going, well, what does he mean? A religious vow? And he goes like, did were either of you ever a monk or a nun <laughs> at one point in your life? <laughs> right. Did you take religious vows as a monk or a nun? And it's, I don't remember ever doing that. But, well then, okay. So, okay. Because yeah. you could have somebody... And one of the impediments was that they had taken a religious vow of celibacy. Yeah. Right. And then they ran away from the the monastery or the convent or whatever. And now they're getting married and you go, but you're, you have an impediment to the marriage, which is you have a religious vow to the church, which prevents it. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And then sometimes we have people who uh, maybe one person is Catholic and one is a Protestant and they think, well, I was you know, previously divorced and I had a civil annulment. Ah. And so they come in and think, oh, well, I had a civil annulment. So like it was annulled right? and I'm free to marry. But in the church, you're actually not. You right. actually would have what we call prior bond.
0: So, yeah, you have this other marriage that has not been dispensed by the church.
1: Correct.
0: We talked about that in one of the previous episodes where we said going over to the courthouse and getting your divorce certificate isn't recognized in the eyes of the church. What are some of the other impediments? So obviously the monk and nun thing doesn't come up very often, but they're going to have people that have a prior marriage or they have some other kind of impediment in which they went into the marriage
1: so one could actually be impotence somebody uh, knew about that or one one that comes up actually quite often is somebody wasn't open to having children and wasn't truthful about it okay prior this to is the
0: huge okay let's let's dwell on this i i'm not very comfortable talking about the other one that you mentioned <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah we don't really go there but you know that might be the problem is that someone didn't go there ahead so, of the marriage <laughs> well
0: yeah because okay like this is you know kind of a family podcast but most of the time but right so you have a man who is not capable right of consummating the marriage now infertility is not a, a groundswell well but
1: if they were sterile okay well, hold on yeah know, but but like ahead.
0: just because some people mm-hmm. they, they try to have kids and they just can't because of natural infertility right
1: that's different but this
0: is different this is something Somebody who comes in and says, "I had a a medical procedure. I had a vasectomy. I had my tubes tied. I had this and that." And 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 I didn't tell. And I didn't tell the spouse. Correct. Now, let's suppose somebody did tell the spouse.
1: So they could still be free to marry. They, you know, because they they go into it with full knowledge.
0: Okay, that's the issue. It's not that. Having it's the had deceit. It, it's the deceit. It's not having had a vasectomy or having, although that's a whole nother conversation that Corey and I are having about openness to life and contraception. Right. But if this was something that was done prior. To
1: prior in, to the marriage, prior to, you know. And something that you that that assume that can't be
0: undone. So in other words, if someone says, hey, I'm using contraception at the time of the marriage, this, the Catholic church would say, well, then you have to stop using that.
1: The church would teach, you know, we we look at natural family planning and other means.
0: But if you had an irreversible medical procedure.
1: The church would not necessarily make you reverse that.
0: But if you didn't tell the spouse, I've had my tubes tied. Then now that person goes into marriage thinking this is a marriage open to life and it's a legitimate sacrament of matrimony. It's open to life; we could have kids. And you go, "Why are we never having kids?" Well, I never told you that. Oops. (laughs)
1: Oops. Right. Yeah. In which case you would,
0: and you could go and say, "Look, a a valid sacrament never occurred here because of that deception." Correct. So just to kind of summarize here, we've got these various grounds under Mm -hmm. categories like. The form wasn't followed in various ways, the form of the sacrament, or there wasn't full consent for various reasons. There was diminished capacity on the part of one or both the people for various reasons. And or there was some kind of an impediment to the sacrament being validly because of the reasons like we just mentioned. Does that kind of cover the big picture of the grounds?
1: Yeah, some big picture items. I think if we were going to add to that, you know, someone can't commit a crime. Like, for instance, if someone was previously married to someone else, and then they're going to go off that person to make them open, then to be married. So that's actually one of the grounds that we we I can't say I've ever come across that. Oh, so okay, I
0: want to murder. Okay, so I (laughs) want to murder
1: their spouse so I can marry them. Yeah,
0: no way. All right, so I've got my secretary and we're having an affair and I want to marry her in the church, but I go off my wife
1: first. Right. Yeah, How that crazy would be pretty that? bad. That's, yeah. It is a ground. Another one is affinity, which um, basically means that you can't marry someone who's like your cousin or, or something like right. that, right? Th- and that and would it, be an impediment. You, I mean, if you yeah. didn't know, and then you found out later, like, ooh, whoa, bad, you know, that could right. definitely be a ground. Um, so yeah. There-
0: what about, I mean, I think this is probably fairly obvious, But what, but but, I mean, we've all, I've certainly seen several instances where typically it's a guy gets this mail order bride from some other country.
1: Right. And do they even know what they're entering into? You know, that, well, in some
0: cases, I encountered somebody who did a mail order bride, you know, from Asia or whatever. And the bride understood the deal she was getting to come over here and get U.S. citizenship. So she went along with it. But would that be now at some That's future point? That comes
1: into a, a future condition, right? So you could have something that you put on the marriage that, well, as long as they're a doctor, I'll stay married to them. Oh. Some kind of future condition. Well, as long as you're faithful to me, I'll be married to you.
0: As long as you're going to inherit your parents' estate,
1: I'll marry you. I'll right. marry you, yeah. but if you
0: but if you but if the the money runs out or you get you get disinherited then yeah.
1: Right. And we can even put a past condition on that. And that can be a ground to like um you know, I'll marry you provided that you have never been married before. And there there can be, you know, reasons that someone would put a past. Um sometimes it's even a present condition. I'll marry you provided you don't have any debt.
0: Oh. So there's a condition placed, but then on the other hand, there could be a deceit on the person who has the debt. So one spouse says, I'll marry you if you don't have any debt. So they're placing a condition which doesn't leave them open to the sacrament. On the other hand, the person goes, no, I don't have any debt. When secretly-
1: They do. They
0: have $100,000 in student loans that they didn't tell you about. Right. And then once you get married, you find out. Well, so so really there's kind of two things there. There's the one person who placed the condition and then there's the other person who deceived. Right. So you have two. two. Those uh,
1: are almost like two grounds in one there. Two grounds in one It's a twofer, yeah. W- the church actually is rather against... People having prenuptial agreements. Oh, let's talk that about that. That actually is considered a condition. Now, there are times that people can have a prenup if they go through the church with it. And usually that's somebody who is maybe getting married later in life. They already have a family, they have a lot of assets, and they just want to protect that or, you know, dual that to their family. The church. Does have ways that they can have that approved. And I believe that is actually working through the Monsignor or the tribunal in their own diocese.
0: Okay. So let's suppose these two people get married. They have a prenup. Right. Okay. 10 years later, they get a divorce. One of the divorced spouses wants to get remarried in the Catholic Church because they're going to become Catholic or whatever. They come and they say, I want to get remarried in the Catholic Church. I had this previous marriage, but we had a prenup.
1: So that does, that, does that, is that ground
0: then, yeah. then to invalidate the prior marriage?
1: That would be something that we would look at. Okay. Yeah, definitely.
0: So as we wind down on this episode, because it's getting out of time, give me the weirdest thing that you've ever seen in terms of a grounds for annulment in your experience?
1: Oh, I don't know if it's been weird or just tough. I think the hardest one was for someone who was married over 50 years ago to another person, and that person had left them right away. And it was just so shocking. Within the first month, someone just left him, left him. And you know, his his new spouse, who he'd been married to now for over 50 years, wanted to come into the Catholic Church and he needed to get an annulment. And so going back in time, looking at what occurred over 50 years ago yeah. was really a challenge. So that that one was a weird one.
0: We're going to carry that over to the next conversation, because in the next conversation, we're going to talk about the process that you go through and that involves these sometimes investigations up to and this will kind of tease you for the next episode yeah. listeners In getting involved private investigators and all kinds of things where you have to go back and ascertain what happened 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. How right? hard is that? Sometimes that. Okay. So we're going to hold Carla over. We're going to push the, Pause button here, and then we're going to record the rest of this conversation and release in the next episode. But thanks for joining us. Hey, please, as I always say, will you rate and review the podcast? You get tired of me uh, saying this, but it really helps us rise up in the search algorithms. So rate and review. Also, go to our website, consideringcatholicism.com dot com. You'll find all one hundred eighty two hundred episodes there, categorized by topic, searchable by topic. Go there, you can find some other resources and uh, you also can leave me a message there or you can send me an email, consideringcatholicism.com. I love getting your emails every day. I love obviously the comments, I love hearing your stories and I love your questions because this whole series came because a lot of you had written in questions about Catholic marriage and we try to answer your questions either on there or off. So please send the email, send the message. And by the way, while you're at the website, would you consider supporting us? This ministry is able to continue and we're able to hopefully sustain it and grow in some pretty cool ways that we have in our head. If, But your one-time or recurring gifts help make that possible. So in any case, we'll be back with Carla in the next episode. And we're going to talk about the actual process that someone has to go through. It involves tribunals and it can even involve private investigators. So you're going to want to hear that. Thanks for joining us and God bless.